welcome to the latest ATP Tennis Radio podcast. I'm Seb Lozier, and with just a few tournaments in the year left to play, this week we focus on the race to London for the top doubles teams in the world. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we'll hear from all six teams who've already booked their places and from a couple of the pairings hoping to do all they need over the next few weeks to nail down their spots at the season finale at London's O2 from the 11th to the 18th of November. That is, of course, the Nito ATP Finals. We start with the first team to qualify for this year's finals. Alternates in 2017, Oliver Marak and Mato Pavic have had a season to remember with four titles from their nine finals including Grand Slam success at the first of the year, the Australian Open. At the recent Rolex Shanghai Masters, 38-year-old Austrian Marak spoke with our reporter, Lee Goodall. For sure my best season so far in my career, and I'm very happy about it, how, how it started. Last year when we started, it was around Miami time. We came both from other relationships and both no confidence. We played really bad. And then we've, we said in Stuttgart at cross-court season before we said, yeah, after Wimbledon we're going to split up. And then suddenly we win uh, one cross-court tournament, two finals and final in Wimbledon. And they say, oh, what's going to happen now? <laughs> it's not good to split up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we stayed together. We got better. We, and then we organized the coach for us. He for sure helped us also in some positioning on the court. And then we had a great run, and st- we get this confidence in the new year already, and this unbelievable run. Yeah, I mean, this is also not normal, we have to say, winning so many tournaments in a row. But it happened, so I'm very happy about it. And yeah, then we had a little bit, I would say, bad luck because Mate got injured, get a broken rib from the practice, and, and also a back, a back problem, which cost us three, four weeks. Then I got injured also a little bit in the back. I had a lot of back problems last year also. But yeah, then, then we had, again, an unbelievable um, clay court season, we have to say, because normally on clay court, thought it's our worst surface. And, and then we played with injury. I have to say, Mate was injured the whole week. We played final in Monte Carlo, win Geneva, and play final Roland Garros too. So yeah, it started off well. And, and grass court season, we had a lot of... We put a lot of focus there, started well in, in, in Queens, played semi-final, and then I got injured in my back and in my first round already before, one week before Wimbledon, I got injections and then again happened in the first match after three games and Wimbledon was, was tough for us because we put a high target there to go far again. It's amazing when you, when I love these stories in tennis, it's almost like Sliding Doors, the movie, isn't it? Where yeah. something happens and you said just then you were very, very close to splitting up. So that was summer 2017, is that right? Yes, exactly. And you get these moments and something happens and then it, yeah. it, it, it just seems to give you a whole new chapter in your career almost. Yeah, it's, I would say doubles, you, you cannot uh, compare it to singles, it's, it's similar to a marriage. <laughs> and a lot of players that they don't have uh, patience so uh, I think a good doubles team is, is when you stay together you stick together you find your game you try to make it better and that happens just after some time you need to give yourself two three months but most players when they start and after one month you play bad or two months then they split up right away and that's that for me is a uh, a problem nowadays for me a really good doubles team is you need to stick together take sometimes the coach nowadays with the new tennis you have to do a lot of fitness keep your body fit and 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 find your game yeah let's just talk about that run at the start of this year in a bit more detail so Doha Auckland 
and then Australian Open, and um, I think I'm right, and that was your first Grand Slam title, right? So first Grand Slam title, yeah. You must feel like kings after those three weeks, right? Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable, and after, also after Australia, Australian Open, um, we did one and a half weeks off, didn't practice, and we go to Rotterdam, and we played the final, but I got the food poisoning after quarterfinal. I was in the hospital, and we almost win. Also, this would be maybe for almost four tournaments we lost in Champions Direct. But uh, yeah, it was it's unbelievable. I mean, I I don't know how or why, but I have to say we didn't even play our best tennis. But always when it was important in the right moment we were there and play some good shots and in doubles as we know it's sometimes just one or two shots in the right moment decide a match yeah. I think you're 38 years of age now is that right <laughs> so it must it must be incredible in that sense as well because you know get get your first Grand Slam title in your 38th year or maybe it was just before your 38th birthday that must give you a whole new perspective on on the career does it and make you think hang on a minute I can I can keep pushing now and still do some really big things yeah I mean I I'm a guy who was always working hard all my life so I know my game depends on my fitness also I need to be fit on court because I play most of the time from the back so I need to run more as service waller guys need to move good and everything when I'm 38 also the body is not like when I was 25 so I need to work actually more as before which we all do, all top doubles guys, they really, you see them every day, 45 minutes, one hour in the gym doing their stuff. And yeah, for me, of course, um, I will try to play as long as possible if, if I'm like this. I mean, I have for sure some more goals to achieve, but what we did so far this year is really unbelievable for me. And always nice when you can, A, qualify for London, that's always got to be near the top of the list, but B, do it so early, that must, must be a great feeling. Yeah, I mean, for me, London has always been the best tournament from all. It's always the goal when we start the year to be there. Um, I, have, I had the honor to be there already three times now. I played 2009 and 2010 there. I was with Lukas Kubot um, twice there. I uh, was my partner before. And uh, last year we were alternate and we could play a match. And this year, yeah, we qualified very early. But, I mean, if you win so many tournaments at the beginning of the year and you also have this special rule when you win a Grand Slam that you have a high chance to... Uh, have like I don't want to say wild card, but you have this spot, like the the French team has it or has it. Then it's good. It's it's good for the head. You can play relaxed in the year. But I I'm not the guy who say okay now we did this now we can play relaxed. I really want to play good every week. What I play, I want to achieve my goals and and trying to get the best out of it. Yeah. Is it difficult sort of trying to? builds to a crescendo so when you arrive in London you're feeling at least fresh and, and you feel like you're playing some good tennis as well. I have to take care also of my body because uh, then Vienna for me is a big goal. Of course it's, it's from one of my favorite tournaments uh, not because I'm Austrian but I like it a lot and uh, then it's another big tournament Paris a thousand event which is very important for us and after that I go three days to relax I go to Milan and uh, maybe even I go watch the, the the new tournament they have there and, and the next gen and yeah then go hopefully fresh to London and have there some good results. Another team flying high is Colombian duo Juan Sebastian Cabal and Robert Farah, the champions of Rome. They won their first doubles together in 2014, but things have really clicked into place this year. 
we've had a great season so far. We, we've been working really, really well, really smart. Um, I think the experience through all these years have helped a lot. I think that the most important thing out of the season is that uh, we've been healthy and we've been ready to compete when, when we have competed. Yeah, it's huge. You get the momentum, you get the rhythm, you get the confidence. You need, you get in and basically all you need to, to get ready for the other tournaments and know you can go you're ready to win it, so that's that's what we try to keep that momentum, that energy, that tennis. The year started with a run to the Australian Open final, and while they lost that to Marek and Pavic, they certainly still made the headlines back home. It's a big deal back in our country, and it's it's nice to uh, to come back to Colombia to see all the people so happy for us making that final, and it makes you hungry to want to go one step further and to actually uh, get that title. And all the while, they were closing in on the biggest title of their careers. Former top doubles player and an impressed ATP Tennis Radio regular, Colin Fleming. They've stuck together as a, you know, a Colombian team. You know, they've had a, quite a few near misses with in terms of, you know, Grand Slams and World Tour finals and things like that. They've never quite done it, but this seems to be, or feels like it's going to be their year where they take that step. We knew we were close to win a thousand event. We lost in the Super Breaker to the champions in, in Madrid. Then we got to Rome and we're like, let's just take it by match by match. And that's what we did. And it went our way on that particular tournament. But I think we're at that level where we can compete for every tournament. So that makes it nice to know too. When we were in Rome, it was unreal. Messages all around, media, WhatsApp, pictures, videos. Like, I have to support the people back home. It's unreal. Just to know you're a 1,000 event champion, it's, it's something nice to say and something nice to, to accomplish. I mean, we've been playing tennis since we're three, four, five years old. And, and just like you watch this tournament since you're a baby. So basically, to actually have the, the trophy of that tournament, the champion's trophy, it, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just unreal. And that first Masters title has also brought the Colombians a newfound focus to their training regime. The hard work is not easy to enjoy it, but you gotta find a way to do it, to be that hunger, to be, you know, to be motivated every time on court. Because that feeling when that last point is going out or you're making the winner or whatever is those five seconds is just unreal. Yes, experience is an experience that is hard to explain, but it's unreal. Sometimes you don't remember how was the point, just, just the excitement or the ecstasy of that moment is make you forget so many things about it and everything makes sense when you've when you done it. So it's worth every second you're working hard for that little moment. It's Cabal and Farah's consistency this season which has lifted them to second in the ATP doubles race to London with automatic qualification secured for the first time. I think it's great when teams stay together. You know, Roger Tecao, another team, you know, Murray Suarez now with three years, the Bryans obviously have played forever. I love it when teams stay together through the hard times and, and try and figure things out and, and push on for more success. I think for Colombia it will be huge. For us it will be something we're trying to get long time ago. Yeah, for me, London, it's, it's a goal that we have from the beginning of the year. And uh, right now we just have to go out there and compete and do our best.
Just behind Cabal and Farah in the race and also qualified are Lukas Kubot and Marcello Mello, who won their first Masters 1000 of the year in Shanghai, having had such a good year together in 2017. Lee Goodall spoke with the giant Brazilian Mello about adjusting expectations in their second year as a pair. Last year was a special year for us. Uh, I mean, it was amazing. First year to a team. Uh, we played one year to make all the results we did. Uh, we got to expect it's tough to do it again. And uh, But, uh, of course, we need to stay humble, uh, practice as much as we can like we did. Uh, some more pressure would come uh, over us, but I think we could control. Uh, was not uh, at the beginning of the year was not the best we could play, of course. But later on, we played, uh, start to play better. We start to manage more a little bit the pressure. We need always to be uh, changing our game styles. So of course, they start to study us more. I mean, last year it helps for us to be playing for the first year, so they don't know pretty much how we play. So the second year they know already. I was going to talk to you about London. You've tasted that, of course, last year. Had a good run there. It, it's, it, I guess, January the first. It's always in the list of the sort of list of things to achieve for this season. But it's part of it. Just what a fantastic event! Such a great tournament. It's, it's huge tournament for just a couple of teams. Uh, the doubles there, we play in groups, so they enjoy it a lot. It's a very, very good uh, way they do it to put doubles in singles, uh, doubles in singles. So the doubles is uh, every. Match is packed, like completely full, and as you say, the, a lot of people play doubles. They want to see doubles. Uh, we are glad to show more doubles on TV. So there is opportunity for them, and they enjoy it a lot. And for us, it brings more uh, energy to play even better. For you personally, is it an ambition to get your hands on that trophy? You've, you've won many of the biggest titles in the sport, especially at Masters 1000 level, a fantastic record. But I guess that would be a nice box to tick in, during the remainder of your career. Yes, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's the, the one that's the, the, the few. I had the Grand Slam, I had 1,500 to 50. Uh, one year uh, we lost the finals to the Bryans. Last year we lost the finals again. So I was almost there. So I hope uh, this time, if you got a chance to do it, because as I said again, this is such a great event. It's only the teams who qualify. It's nobody can put you there, only yourself. So I hope I can do it this this year. For some of the fans who'd like to know a bit more about the teams, let's talk about your particular team. Of course, you play with Lukas Kubot. Um, what are the personalities like? How does that work on and off court? Is it a, a combination that works well? Yeah, uh, me and Lucas, we are 100% different from each other, uh, inside and outside the court. I think this is a, is a very good thing. Then uh, when this is a good thing when you have respect with each other. Uh, I understand him; he understands me. Uh, we gotta have the same goal, like the same focus to do it. But I have my own way; he has his own way. And when you respect each other, it uh, it works. So at the beginning, when you start the partnership, we. We're still finding the balance uh, which I could improve, he could improve. And after that, uh, we know. I know he do many things different than me. I do different things than him. But at the same time, we have the same goal. So this is, is a very good respect we have between each other. And in terms of your game style, that seems to be quite a good combination as well, doesn't it? And I've read a couple of interviews that from Lukas in the past saying, you know, he's trying to work the, the point from the back of the court. You're all over the net. You've got a great presence at the net. That seems to, seems to work well as well. Yes, uh, Lukas is a strong guy. He returns very well. And uh, my, I mean, my power is on the net, so we can combine this together. Uh, I'm, I have been trying to improve my return. I think I improved a lot in the last two, three years. 
to help him to not have the pressure to make every single return. But uh, Lucas has a also different game style. He hits the ball strong. Uh, unfortunately, I can't. <laughs> so I'm the guy who's going to be more solid. But Kubi is going to be the guy who's going to fight the, the bombs to another team. And lastly, 35 years of age, I think I've got that right. Yes. Um, how's the body behaving? You, I mean, I guess you're, you're in the twilight of your career, but we've seen from many of the doubles guys, Daniel Nestor, I think, is the prime example. Yeah. <laughs> it's finally retired. Yeah. That you, If you do look after the body, there's, there's still a few good years left. Is that how you feel? Yes, uh, we take care a lot about this, uh, like uh, with gym uh, exercises, like prevention with the physio. Uh, me, Kubot, we share physio in the, to travel with us. We know this is a very important, especially in this, when you're getting older. Of course, we, we start to feel a little bit more than young guys. But uh, like you said, in doubles, I don't know if you get like nasty 45 years. <laughs> I, was, I also want to have family be at home, enjoy this part of the life. But uh, thanks God, my, my body still can go. Uh, I have no major uh, injuries. I think it's because I always took care a lot. And uh, I'm pretty relaxed as well. I think this helps, helps me. So I wish I have a few more years. And I will be so happy to continue playing this kind of tournaments and uh, tennis. The team they beat to the Shanghai title was the enduring partnership of Melo's countryman Bruno Suarez and his partner Jamie Murray. And the Scot also spoke with Lee. Just wanted to summarise the season, first of all. When you, when you go through the numbers, another Grand Slam title in the, in mixed doubles in New York, of course, you, in London for a third successive year, I think, with Bruno. Three titles. It, it, on paper, it looks pretty good. Are you satisfied? Uh, not really. I think um, the first half of the year, you know, we didn't do as well as maybe we would have liked. Um, you know, we started to play, you know, or, or get a lot more or wins on the board from sort of Queens onward. We had a great, uh, we had a great summer. Uh, we probably, you know, we lost a few matches to sort of singles teams that um, we maybe could have done a bit better in. Um, but I think, look, I mean, it's a long year, and the way that that doubles goes with the the scoring format we play, and um, you know, the margins of error that uh, you know, some weeks it's just not going to go for you, and then. You know, other weeks it'll it'll be your turn to win win the sudden death points, win the match tie breaks, and you know you you can go from you know having a sort of lull for a few weeks to then you know winning a big tournament, and we uh, we did that in in Washington, and then backed it up in in Cincinnati a couple of weeks later, winning our first Masters title together. So um, that got the ball rolling again. We played well at the U.S. Open, and then we kind of. Let ourselves down a bit in the in the quarters there, but uh, you know we we played a lot of good tennis over the last few months, and we tried to finish the year strong again. Yeah, your first title as a pair, uh, first Masters one thousand title as a pair, and your first individually. That must have been a very big moment for you. They're not easy to win, are they? No, I mean I was I was really fired up to win. I think we'd lost four finals as a as a team going going into that and at, at Masters level. You know the the Masters. I think they're the they're the hardest tournaments to win because you have all the best doubles teams competing and you have all the best singles players in the world competing. So um, you know the standard is incredibly high and it is uh, is very difficult to to win those events. And if you are winning those events, you know that you're playing at a, at a high level. 
Let's talk about London. Obviously, it's on on home soil for you, so that makes it extra significant. And and when you ever when whenever you talk to the top players, they always use that as a barometer of consistent quality. Is that the same for you guys? Is it always near the top of the list when you when you sit down on January the first? Yeah, I think our goal, our first goal at the start of the year is to qualify for the for the O2 because, like you said, it shows um, consistency through the year. Good results from from start to start to finish most of the most of the time. Um, we're obviously going to be there again this year. Uh, the last two years we finished number one and number three. We'll try to finish as high as we can uh, this year, and you know, a great result there will help us do that. I wanted to talk to you about the sort of chemistry of a doubles pair. I, I, I'm always a little bit nervous when you ask how a pair's doing because we're getting to that time of year, aren't we, where sometimes you get a bit of a shuffle and, you know, maybe there's a, there's a couple of surprising teams that split up and, and a couple of surprising teams that get together ahead of the season. So I ask with sort of a, <laughs> a little bit anxious asking, but I would imagine things are good with Bruno. You've had, th- is it three good years together now? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it's like you said, it's kind of sticker sticker twist season for a lot of the a lot of the teams. But I think um, from what I hear, there's not really many teams changing. I think uh, you know, me, me and Bruno will play again next year. I think um, it makes sense to keep trying to work together to you know keep keep going forward rather than you know potentially start something new with something without some uh, sorry with someone new with no. You know, guarantees of of, uh, of success. So I think we're both happy with with what the what we've been doing. You know, over a long period of time, could we have had better results this year? Probably, but um, you know, got to you know look at the positives. Grass always isn't always greener on the other side, which I think a lot of guys in the doubles game sometimes uh, think it is. It doesn't always work out that way, but you know, we're happy. Like we enjoy playing together, um, enjoy each other's time off court as well which I think is is really important because you do have to spend so much time with each other and you know that helps obviously when you get on the court and you've got these you know pressure moments difficult situations to to get through. Just wondered also it interests me how you develop in terms of game development and I suppose are there two elements to that you're always trying to improve individually but then you you have to do some work on the practice court as a team, I suppose, and, and maybe that's challenging logistically, especially with a pair like you and Bruno when you're from different parts of the world. Is that how do you manage that? And a particular particularly interested in the off season, do you do that separately or do you come back together? Yeah, I mean, we actually this year we're going to be in in Florida um, together for most of it, um, which will be good. We haven't we haven't done that before. I don't know how important that is. We haven't done it before. It didn't really affect us when we started the year in in Doha and, and Australia. But I think, um, like you said, you know, we're always trying to work on our games individually. Um, and then there's obviously, you know, strategy-wise things that we'll try to to get better at and you know, kind of raise the bar of the team and you know, make sh- give the opponents the, the toughest possible task that they can that they have to that they have to overcome um and you know sometimes it's not necessarily you know me trying to get better or bruno trying to get better but just you know as a team kind of playing more effectively in order to get those extra one or two points that will get us over the line because you know doubles every match is like one two three points difference that will be that'll be the key to to winning and losing and it's about increasing your chances to win those points 
And how do you manage that in terms of the coaching setup? I see Alan traveling with you quite a lot, and I think Louis Kaya is still mentioned on your ATP page, so I guess he's part of the setup. Does Bruno have his people as well? Yes, yeah, so Bruno um, has coach Ugo, who maybe travels about 15 weeks. Um, Louis, let's say he's kind of like lead coach, and then Alan's there full-time, and Ugo's there probably about 15 weeks, some, sometimes more. Um, and you know they've been great like they, everybody works together you know everyone's pretty honest and open transparent about you know doing the best for the team how to take the team how to take the team forward which is uh, which is which is a good thing I think I think it's helped us a lot um, in certain certain moments of our of our partnership and you know I, I hope it I hope it continues like that I think um, it is really important to have a good team around you and people that you that you like and that you that you trust to have your best interests at, at heart and are always there to kind of help you and, and wanting you to, to do well. Incredibly, the name Mike Bryan features not once but twice in the top six of the Race to London standings. Having started the year with Masters 1000 wins in Miami and Monte Carlo alongside brother Bob, a hip injury to his twin led to Mike pairing up with fellow American Jack Sock from the Fever Tree Championships in June onwards. And what a partnership it's been, with Grand Slam victories at both Wimbledon and the US Open, meaning Mike will take his place in London for the first time without Brother Bob. He had a, a metal piece put on the, the ball of his hip, so um, it didn't look pretty. I saw some of the nasty pictures from the surgery. And it looks pretty gruesome, but um, I'm, I'm happy he's feeling better. He's, uh, he's working hard in, in the gym. He's just rehabbing every day. So his, uh, his focus is to be back on the court uh, soon, as soon as possible. Um, you know, did it with Jack, which was a magical run. I guess it was meant to be. Hopefully Bob gets back out there and we can, you know, have one more big moment together, which, which is probably the goal for next year. And Brian and Sock will be joined in the London draw by fellow Grand Slam champions Pierre Gerbert and Nicolas Maou, who may yet amass enough points, but take their place in London regardless on the Grand Slam rule, having won Roland Garros. A piece of French sporting history was made on court Philippe Chatrier as Pierre Hugobert and Nicolas Maou became the third all-French team in the Open era to win the doubles title at Roland Garros. They defeated Oliver Marac and Matty Pavic 6-2, 7-6, to delight the home crowd. We're feeling good. We're feeling great. Uh, we, we, yeah, we just uh, won on home soil, uh, Roland Garros, uh, a tournament we saw on TV when, when we were younger. We dreamed of uh, winning, so um, it's uh, it's amazing to um, to yeah to to win this tournament and to share these emotions with Nicolas and uh, and yeah we're enjoying it a lot. Well, uh, tiebreak was tough. We were leading a set in the break, then the, they came back, and you never know if uh, tiebreak it's a kind of contos. Uh, you lose the set, and uh, uh, you can start thinking about uh, that you were leading a set and break close to win. But hopefully, we uh, we played a great tiebreaker and finished the match in two sets. And after the win, a special someone joined the pair on court. Well, he wasn't going to miss this famous moment. My son. Uh, well, I'm really happy to win this one because when we lose, uh, you can cry for hours. So uh, I'm really happy about this one. Would have been very difficult to come back home with the with the little trophy. So I can bring the 
the trophy, he uh, was with us in the locker room. So um, as a dad, this is something very special. I think every single Grand Slam was quite special. Um, the first one in the, at the US Open was a, an amazing feeling. Uh, the one at Wimbledon to win a tournament that is like legendary tournament is amazing. And, and to be able to win on home soil, finish with uh, La Marseillaise uh, is amazing. And share these emotions with the family, with friends, with, uh, with the staff, it's, um, it's just amazing. Of course, winning he here in front of uh, family and friends um, it's really special as well. ATP World Tour uncovers Gabriel Clark with that feature. So six out of the eight teams are confirmed for London. They are Oliver Marak and Mata Pavic, alternates in 2017, Juan Sebastian Cabal and Robert Farah of Colombia, Lucas Kubot and Marcello Mello, runners-up last year to Henry Continent and John Piers, Jamie Murray and Bruno Suarez, semi-finalists at the O2 for the past two seasons, Mike Bryan and Jack Sock, champions of both Wimbledon and the US Open, and Pierre Gerbert and Nicolas Mahou, champions on home soil at the French Open. So two spaces up for grabs. Who is most likely to join them? In pole position at the moment are Michael Venus and Raven Klassen. New Zealander Venus qualified last year with Ryan Harrison after they won at Roland Garros. And that was the starting point when he also spoke with Lee. That's where it all, um, I guess, kind of took off for Ryan and I there. Uh, I've known Ryan and his family for um, over 15 years now and, and been very close with them, lived at their house, and, uh, and their dad's coached me for, uh, for most of my career also. So, uh, you know, we haven't played much together uh, throughout that time as Ryan was ranked uh, a lot higher in singles and playing all the big tournaments. Uh, but it just managed to sync up last year. We were playing the same tournaments and able to. So, uh, you know, we... I was looking for a partner and he said he'd help me out until I kind of got uh, set with a, a full-time partner and, um, and then we had some success so I kind of wrote it out for the rest of the year. I mean what was it like during that Paris run? Were you kind of saying to each other back in the locker room this you know this this surely can't keep going this is getting ridiculous now because you, you really hadn't played that many tournaments had you going in? Yeah no we hadn't I think that was our uh, third tournament uh, or fourth tournament together. Um, yeah, no, we took each match as it came. Uh, I think we won every match in three sets. So, uh, you know, we were hanging on by a thread uh, a few times. But, um, you know, we've known each other so long and, and get on without each other so well that, uh, you know, we had a great time out on court. And I think that kind of helped us uh, through some of those uh, tough moments out there. Yeah, and of course, that then pushed you on to London. That was your, your first appearance at the NITO ATP Finals at the O2. And I guess having had a taste of that, and you guys did well, you made the semis there, played some good ball in the group stages. Having had a taste of that stage, that, that atmosphere, the way the players get treated, I guess that makes it, uh, makes, makes it extra special to return, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, being the first time there, uh, you know, it's an unbelievable tournament and, um, and everything that goes with it. So, uh, you know, seeing what was available there and, and playing well there definitely was a huge goal uh, to be back there at the end of this year. You know, it's taken a lot of work from Raven and I and um, we've, we've just kind of gone week by week and, and kept working at things. Yeah, new partnership this year. You, you mentioned you're playing with Raven Klaassen, the South African, of course. Um, I think he was playing with Rajiv Ram last year, if, if, if I remember correctly. Um, when does that process start? I'm interested in, t in terms of the off-season. Do you guys get together in the off-season at the tail end of 2017 to get some weeks in, or is it very much a, 
you're working things once you hit the road in, in early 2018? Yeah, um, you know, Raven and I, we first uh, spoke in London last year, actually about playing this year. Um, so we had one or two practices there, uh, but nothing, didn't talk too much about it. And then um, in the off-season, Raven actually, him and his wife, they had their first baby. So, uh, you know, the first tournament of the year was actually in Auckland for us. Um, and we've just you know work through things uh, you know one thing at a time and, and kind of kept building on things and it, things seem to have uh, kind of fallen in place and, and we're just trying to keep building on that. Yeah it's been a good year I mean I'm just looking at some of your highlights this season uh, you won Marseille so always nice to get a win relatively quickly that must have been a nice boost. Yeah exactly um, you know you want to get some match wins under and get some confidence in that uh, so yeah we, uh, I think we had a few losses early on, but you know we felt like we were going in the right direction and, and things felt right. It was just a matter of kind of uh, a bit more execution and, and understanding each other a bit more and, and things you know slowly uh, kind of turned in, in that way. And then looking at your results from sort of mid-season onwards, you, you, you haven't quite managed to get your hands on a trophy, but some real serious consistency. I think final in Hertogenbosch, final at Wimbledon, final at Toronto at Masters 1000 level as well. And uh, so you must feel like you're starting to play some good ball at, at exactly the right time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's been the real pleasing thing this year is the kind of consistency we've had week in, week out. So, uh, you know, that's put us in... Uh, the back end of some tournaments and, and giving us some opportunities. Uh, obviously, would have liked to have won a few more, but uh, to be playing in the final, um, you know, that's where you want to be at the beginning of the week. So, um, yeah, we just continue to keep working and, and hopefully we'll be holding some more trophies uh, in the future. Mike Venus and his current partner, Raven Klassen, in seventh place and currently in the eighth and final qualifying place for London are Nikola Mektic and Alexander Payer. Nikola Mektic and Alexander Payer have burst onto the double scene in 2018. After a testing start, the pair have been inspired. We struggled on our first trip to Doha and then Australia. Had a few losses there that we felt like we shouldn't have, but I still came home from that trip and thought, like, I think this is working. Like, I felt good even though the results were not there. And as soon as the first results came, I think confidence grew. The Rio finals, our first 500 to play that on clay, and then the clay season started really, and we won Marrakesh, so we felt good coming into those tournaments. I think it was an amazing uh, clay season. Even before, I think we talked, and uh, we, we realized that we can play good on every surface. In Madrid, everything started clicking. We won a, a few champions breakers, breakers here or there, which is very important in Davos. So all of a sudden the crucial points kind of go your way and yeah, we could carry that in, into the French Open, which was very big. A run to the semi-final at the French Open proved the pair had world-class potential, developing their teamwork and understanding with each week. I'm really enjoying this partnership, not only on the court and even off the court, and I think that's very important that we get along off the court. Probably with me being older, more experienced a little bit, Nicola is fairly new to only playing doubles. Uh, I think in that, like, I'm kind of taking the, the lead. I think we have a very good communication. We know that we, we trust each other in that. And if somebody suggests something, like, we talk about it, we think about it, and we kind of act on it. He's been here for a long time, and uh, he's really a double specialist. Still needed some, some tips or more positioning on some devices, and, and his plays are, are very constructive, and I like to learn and listen to him. It's a huge goal for every team that, that starts the season. It didn't look that realistic like coming into the year, but then 
We had some very good results and now we're in a very, very good position in the, in the road to London. And I've been there twice. It's just, just an amazing event, uh, the best event we have around probably. So uh, it would be just fantastic to, to get back there. It would be a great honor to, for me, really. I have confidence in us. I had it in, even in the beginning, so that was my goal from the beginning of the year, from, from when we paired. And while both are targeting London's season finale, they have different views on how to get there. The worst thing uh, is superstitious. He's very superstitious. So whatever we start in the beginning of a week, like we, we gotta keep on, we gotta keep on doing that. And if that means he's bringing the towels before practice, <laughs> um, like that's that's very hard. But I'm trying to to get him out of it, which is not easy. If he said that's the worst thing, the worst thing about him is not being superstitious. <laughs> It's pretty hard to convince him that he needs to do those stuff. Uh, I'm kidding. No, really, nothing really comes to my mind. I'm a very flexible guy, so <laughs> I can't really say that something's bothering me. I'm really happy that, that things are. So Mektic and Peya and Venus and Klaassen well-placed for the last two spots on offer in London, with two-time defending champions Henry Continent and John Pearce a little further off the pace, still with work to do, followed by Australian Open semi-finalists Ben McLaughlin and Jan Leonard Struff, Mark and Feliciano Lopez and Jean-Julien Roger and Aurea Tecau, all a little further back. It's sure to be an exciting climax and don't forget we'll have all the news of the doubles draw as part of our live coverage of the Rolex Paris Masters and before that from the finals of the two ATP 500s being played this week in Basel and Vienna. All of that leading up to our live wall-to-wall coverage from every day at the NITO ATP finals in London and of course also the next-gen ATP finals in Milan. You can join us for all of that by clicking on the listen button at the top of atpworldtour.com or direct through the TuneIn website and app where you can also find this podcast along with our best interviews from throughout the year in our new exclusives channel. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please pop onto iTunes and leave us a review and join us again next week when Peter Marcato and Miles McLagan will look back on the finals in Basel and Vienna and ahead to the Rolex Paris Masters. Until then, enjoy the tennis. We'll see you next time. 